rugged cross he would go for verse 2 and I'm reminded of his words I'll leave you never if you'll be true I'll give to you my life forever. I wonder what I could have done to deserve God's only Son. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There one for who let's sing it together with all of our hearts praise the lord oh tell me who am i that this great king would bleed and die Jesus to an old rugged cross he would go thank you Lord Jesus praise be to God so glad we know him today this great wonderful king let's bow our heads together and we'll pray over the word Fathers, we stand today again in your presence. We're so thankful. Songs like this certainly have an overwhelming overtone that affect us, Lord. And when we think about it and ourselves, we know there's nothing we could ever do. But we look beyond ourselves and have to go back before the foundation of the world and that great expanse of eternity. There was no light, no atoms, no time. It was just you, and you dwelt alone with your attributes. Yet your prophet said, you will never do that again. For you have been expressing them down through time. You made man in the beginning for fellowship, because you love fellowship. Here we are today, standing in this place, Lord Jesus, that we've set aside, built and dedicated to be a house of God that we could fellowship with you. But yet we know it's not just in church that you want us to fellowship with you, but it's every day of our life. You make that possible by us not building a church house, as it were, but by dwelling in us with your presence. I pray, Father, that we'd be able to understand that. It's something that you don't want three times a week. It's something you want every day of our lives. Help us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for being so frivolous with our time and wasteful, giving it to things of the world that are absolutely not beneficial most of the time. Help us, I pray, Lord, to take what remaining portion of time we have left 
and to be able to use it for you and give it to you. Lord, this prayer calls that I have in my hand today, Lord, you know the need, the request. I pray, Lord, that your mighty presence would just go and take care of this need, would you, Father? Bless us now as we look into your word. I need your help today, Lord. I, I need your guidance, your, your mind to help me, Father. Speak to us your words, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn, if you would, again today to Psalms 110. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today to be able to worship and sing and pray, hear testimonies, hear the great things that God is doing? Now we come to what Brother Branham identified as the most important part of the service, and that is of the hearing of the Word. Truly any man, woman, child that would have the ability to be able to read, would be able to stand up here and read these scriptures that I'm going to read and, and uh, quotes and things that I have laying before you. Uh, even a preacher can do that, but yet we know it takes the Holy Ghost to be able to take the Word and make it real to our hearts. I don't know about you, I want that more than anything in the world. I spend a great portion of my life studying when I go to study quotes and scriptures, I did one just this past week, studying one word, looking around 700 different places of scriptures and quotes and all that. And yet, that's minimum and very small compared to what great price he paid for us. No matter what we would ever do, really, it would be so small, so small compared to what he did for us. But myself, I want him to know I do care. I don't just want to sit around and twiddle my thumbs and, okay, God, pour it out on me. No, that's a Laodicean, and I am not a Laodicean. Amen. Psalms 110, verse 1. May God open our ears and our eyes today. A Psalm of David. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. This is speaking about us, of course. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Verse 4. We'll resume where we were last night. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let's read it again. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. May God bless his words. You may be seated. Let's read also, if you would, in Romans Chapter 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness. After that also king of Salem, which is 
king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. There's only one person this could be. But made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Isn't this amazing that Paul, now in retrospect, looking back to what God had done, that he says that Melchizedek was made like unto the Son of God. Continually, he says, abideth a priest continually. So who is this Melchizedek? To many theologians, it was what they call a Melchizedek priesthood. To some, they actually said he was an angel. To others, they said he was a Canaanite priest, which had his dominion about 13 miles, something like that, from Jerusalem and a town called Salime, which they said was Salem. To others, he was a myth. To others, it was a priesthood that was beyond Aaronic and Levitical. But to us, he's Jehovah. He was not a priesthood because Paul says he was a man. He was not a priesthood because he served Abraham communion. He was a man. Yet he never started and he never ended. He never had a birthday nor a funeral. A day he started nor a day he died. He is a priest continually. So it is an order that is beyond the Levitical order. It is an order that God himself established, an order which will continue on through the millennium. Now, Psalm 110, remember, is the messianic, one of the messianic psalms that we've been looking at pertaining to the millennium reign. Now, why would we need a priest in the millennium? We will have the monarchy merged together when the throne and the altar for the first time in history, that God's approval will be upon the merging together of the throne and the altar, and it will be again Melchizedek, or King Jesus. It will be the finality, the completion of the mediatorial work in the millennium. There will be masses of conversions, as we would say, Masses of people under the dispensation of the kingdom of heaven coming down on the earth and people acknowledging the Lord Jesus as their Lord. Millions of people becoming converted during this time. Some of them will remain converted at the end of the millennium. Some of them will not. Some of them will take sides against the Lord Jesus because it's an ending up of the consummation of the church ages. As the church ages, people have got saved, then backslide, then turn against God. So will it be the same way in the millennium. 
But yet there will be many, many, many of them that will give their hearts, their allegiance, their life to the kingdom of God, to the Lord Jesus, and they will stay with him right on down to the very end. Now, when we go to looking at who Melchizedek is, I realize that when we talk about the Godhead, you know, to many people, because of tradition, it's still embedded deep within our spirits. And many, when they hear the scriptures talking about the Father and the Son and all of those things in their mind, they liken it to a natural man on the earth. So they would liken it to Jim Bad and Scotty Bad. So they would liken it then to a man being like Brother Jim, which has a son named Scotty. And then there's several different uh, years in their age and their similarities to their looks. And of course, the DNA is the same, certain traits about them that are the same. And when people think about the Godhead, they think about God being this old, old man. And then they think about this younger man being the Lord Jesus because they take the human terms that they're used to and they relate that to the Godhead. But that is not the Godhead at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus, of course, adapted the term father and son in order to be able to relate it how that people on the earth would be able to understand it. But it was never intended to be used in the way that Satan twisted around to take away from the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. But actually, the word that the prophet chose to use, which is a very fitting word when we look at it, was the Greek word which was taken from the stage act. And that was amorphe. Now, the amorphe was one actor that would learn this certain part and say at one time he acted and he was a villain. Then he goes in behind the curtains and he changes his garments and he comes back out. He's the very same man, but he's acting a complete different part. He may even change his accent, as it were, to where the words that are being spoken, he says them in a, in a different way. Well, then he may go out back in and come back out, and he's another actor altogether again. But yet, he's the same person. Now, this is the word that Paul chose to use in the New Testament whenever he defined about the reputation of the Lord Jesus. And that was that it was the Morphe and God is like that. So it's not that God is a man. Get it out of your mind. God is not a man. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In the beginning, he was not even God yet because God is an object of worship and there was nothing there to worship him. So he was the eternal and he dwelt alone with his thoughts. Look, friends, you might as well just go ahead and say amen because you agree with me on this, that in our minds, eternity is more than our minds can comprehend. How can we comprehend a God who knew every fly that would ever be on the earth? How can we comprehend a being that would knew every gnat that would ever be on the earth and how many times that little gnat would bat its eyes and how much tallow that gnat would leave behind? How can we comprehend it? We can't. 
So God condescended in a way that we would be able to relate to it. In that act of condescension is the very way Satan brought confusion through the condescension. So even though the condescension come, it takes revelation in order to bring us beyond the confusion that Satan has tried to interject. God did this so we'd be able to understand it. And Satan turns right around in the act of condescension and tries to bring confusion. But he can't do it to the elect. You might be able to hide God a little while from the elect, but you won't be able to hide him forever. That's right. So God is like the great actor then. Now watch this in Lewis Melchizedek, paragraph 38. Now we find out this person had no father, no mother, no beginning of days, no end of life. It was God in morphine. He said, now the word comes, the Greek word come means change, which had changed in himself in morphe from one person, one person. The Greek word there in morphe, it means it was taken from the stage act. That one person is changing his mask to make him some other character. Like in school just recently, I believe Rebecca, just before she graduated, they had one of Shakespeare's play. And one young man had to change his clothes several times because he played two or three different parts but the same person. He come out one time, he was the villain. When he come out the next time, he was another character. Now the Greek word immorphine means that he changed his mask. And that's what God did. Now keep in mind, that's what God did. So it wasn't an old man up there, and then he sent out this little boy, and then there's another man, I'm not sure if he's old or young, the Holy Ghost, and then, but it's the very same God all along, but he changes his mask and amorphes himself into another costume. Now he said, that's what God did. It's the same God all the time. God in the form of the Father, the Spirit, the pillar of fire. That same God was made flesh and dwelt among us in Morphe, brought out so he could be seen. So the pillar of fire could be right here this morning and maybe one person see it, maybe two, maybe three. It could be here and maybe none of us see it. Because God is the only one who can be able to illuminate our eyesight from natural to superhuman, supernatural, where we would be, I have a window where we could look into it and say, oh my goodness, I see it right there on the wall. Brother Jim, don't you see it? Brother Skip, do you see it? No, no, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, it's the same way in the supernatural that God wanted to condescend and come down and become into a form that he could be seen. So the father appeared in the form of the pillar of fire and even at that it could have been around where millions of people were and yet none of them actually seen it but he chose certain ones to be able to identify himself with but in the condescension of the second work of his grace which was the Lord Jesus he chose to be able to express it in such a way that anybody with human eyes would be able to look at the expression but it still does not mean that they would be able to see what was in the expression itself. All they saw was the image that struck the eye. So it come from the supernatural to a natural element. Now watch this. He said, the same God was made flesh and dwelt among us and Morphe brought out so he could be seen. Now that same God is the Holy Ghost. 
Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Holy says, not three gods, three offices, three acts of the one God. God immorphe, mask in a pillar of fire. Immorphe in a man called Jesus. God immorphe in his Do you understand where he is today? It's the same God, but now he's put on different masks. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. God above us, God with us, God in us. The condescending of God up there, holy, no one could touch him. He settled upon the mountain. And if even an animal, now remember this, an animal touched the mountain, it had to die. Then God came down and changed his tent and come down and live among us to become one of us. He become like you so you could become like him. And lived with us, become one of us, and we beheld him. And the Bible said, 1 Timothy 3.16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of God in this. For God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. Handled with hands. God eat meat. God drank water. God slept. Can you imagine God drinking water? God eating meat. God laying down sleeping in a boat. Praise God. But it was God in the mask of his son. Now, don't you understand where it is now? It is God in the mask, plural, of his sons and daughters around the world. Does it look as glorious as it did in the Lord Jesus? No. Did it look as glorious to the natural eye in the Lord Jesus as it did in Solomon's temple when the glory come down and that great visible thing? No. But in the eyes of the true supernatural, it was a greater work in Jesus than it ever was in Solomon's temple. And I don't hope, I hope you understand this. It's a greater work today than what it was even in that one person because now it's in the multiplied bride form. Except a corn of wheat died, bides alone, but if it dies, it'll bring forth much fruit. Good morning, much fruit. Because that's who we are. Now notice God drank water, God slept, God cried. He was one of us, beautifully typed in the Bible. That was God above us, God with us. Now it's God in us, the Holy Spirit. Not the third person, the same person. Amen. God came down and became flesh and died the death in Christ. Now remember, God the Spirit could never die. He is eternal life. So Jesus was the human body by which he morphed himself into that body and he emptied the attribute of the fullness of God into the body and that's how he could say God cried. God as a spirit could not cry. God as a, as a spirit could not eat meat. But he had to take on flesh. Unlike a theophanic form that he appeared to Abraham. Now this is the second expression of God's love. It comes from the very, of course, the very thing Theos, which is Godhead. Now I hope you understand that the Godhead is more important to you and I than trying to figure out if there's one or if there's two or if there's three. Well, let me just tell you right off. There's way more than three in the Godhead. It'll probably wind up being millions. Not millions of gods, but millions of attributes that came from the one God's mind. The Godhead is bigger than just what's up there in heaven. The Godhead is on the earth, right around the earth today, living in the saints of God's hearts. It's deity. Amen. Amen. 
Notice, so he, he did this. Now he says, so he could clean the church in order to get into it for fellowship. God, listen to this, God loves fellowship. That's what he made the man at the first time for, was for fellowship. God dwells along with cherubims. Now explain how that can be. God dwells alone with cherubims. How would you be alone with cherubims? Well, you ought to be able to understand that. You ever be in a crowd of a whole big bunch of people and you felt so alone? Why? Different than you. Different species than you are. Cherubims are made to worship him and praise him and all that. But yet God did not allow cherubims and angels to be able to fellowship with him on the same degree that sons and daughters would be. So they were there. They could never feel that kindred, Lord. They could never feel that kindred something. Don't you understand? That, that the angels of God, they peer and they look into the relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus because they can never relate to him as being father. They can never relate to him as being redeemed and being saved and being filled with the Holy Ghost. They can never relate in the same way that you relate in divine order of fellowship. Oh, we're a blessed people, friends. Notice it. He said that's what he made the man for the first time for was fellowship. God dwells alone with the cherubims. Now notice now he made man and man fell. So he came down and redeemed man because God loves to be worshipped. The very word God means object of worship. Now notice his attribute. Then the attribute was first God. God the thought. The attribute itself all in one. Now this is back when it's eternity. This is before time began, before it was the word. Now before it was the word, it was the eternal. The attribute that was all in one. Now in him was absolute millions and maybe even billions of attributes called sons and daughters, called trees, called stars, called universe, called all these things that was in him. And in that it was he dwelt by himself. Now again don't get in your mind that it's an old man up there by himself it wasn't even a man it was not sun it was not mood it was this great eternal oh brother Donnie I, I don't know if I can understand all that well I'm telling you right now you probably can't but yet you have to believe that it's the truth but then he decided he wanted to start expressing himself so it was the attribute first that was in God the thought the attribute itself all in one was out being expressed then when he became expressed now we'll notice secondarily secondarily he became then the word so while it's yet the eternal in attribute form it's not word because he hasn't said anything yet he's not come into expression yet he's just got all all of this there, but where did God come from? Why well, he come from everywhere? He always was. Well, I, 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 I don't understand that. Well, I don't understand it either. All I know is he was there. He didn't have a day started, never had a day ended. He can never die. He can never get sick. He can never get old. He can never age. He is the eternal. That's right. Now, notice then as he goes on unveiling himself. Secondarily, he became the Word. So then when the Logos goes out of this great light, when the Logos begins to come out, he is in the form of sonship, which as you looked at last night, was a little white light or a halo which is playing around the Father's door. As it successively goes down, as it condescends, it keeps coming down, then God created himself a theophany. Now you look at the word theophany, 
T-H-E-O-P-H-A-N-Y. It is the same word that deity comes from also. Godhead, theos. So it is a body which identifies with the eternal. Now, whenever this, this theophany body begins to unveil this theophany, I hope you understand it, the theophany is actually the Son of God. <laughs> Praise be to God. It is the Logos. Now, this is the part that Mary was not his mother. Now, he's not yet called Jesus. That's the human name that he will be given millennia down the road, thousands of years. Because remember, way back in time now, one time began. So it might have been billions or trillions of years ago if we could measure time when this event happened. That it comes from the eternal and then it comes into this theosophy, this theos body. So then in there it is what? It is God giving birth to a son, the Logos. And as I said, you don't remember it. But when it come out of attribute form into the word, you come out with it you see it's it's not just him making his journey it's you making your journey along with him praise be to God you don't remember it of course that's why I say friend we get so down because of things in this life and the things we're going through and the things we're suffering my keep your eyes heavenly keep your eyes where you come from oh sure things in this life will affect you but remember you are greater than your trouble you are greater than your sickness you are greater than what you're going through Now notice then the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, St. John, the first chapter and the first verse in the beginning, but before the eternal. Now in the beginning was the word when time began. So however far back it was, millions or trillions of years ago, whenever it began the word, then whenever it moved into the element of time and moved into the word, then in the beginning was the word but before it was the beginning it was the eternal so before you began you was in the eternal then when you come out of the eternal you began this long long journey praise God when time began it was word but before it was word it was attribute or a thought. Then it was expressed. In the beginning was the expression of the word. Now we're getting where Melchizedek is. Oh my goodness. So we have to get to the Godhead before we see Melchizedek. Now remember Melchizedek was one person. But there is an order of Melchizedek. Which means there's more people in the order. Now Aaron was only one man, but it was the beginning of the Aaronic order of the Levitical order. So Aaron was the first priest. He was one of many that would live down to the ages from when God instituted the priesthood. It was given his name, the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood. Then from him would come another and another and another on down, on down, on down, on down. But the Melchizedek priesthood, it has similarities but yet great differences as well. In that it also come from one person. 
But unlike Aaron, when Aaron died, then his son took it. Then when he died, his son took it. When he died, his son took it. But in the Melchizedek priesthood, the people that are in it don't die. Now their bodies may pass away, but their souls, hallelujah, their soul and that part of them which come from God is as eternal as the eternal himself. You with me now? You understand so far? Now watch, then whenever he, when time began, it was word. But before it was word, it was attribute or salt. Then he says, now we're getting where Melchizedek is. That's this mysterious person. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hold that now, notice. His first being was spirit. Spirit, God, supernatural. All right. The great eternal. Now remember, not a man. Not an old man, not a young man, not a middle-aged man. Not a man. Spirit, supernatural, eternal. Second, he began to form himself towards flesh. Now remember, this is an act of condescension. And he starts in the beginning was the word. Now he's forming himself toward becoming a human being. Lord of mercy. Second, he began to form himself towards flesh in a theophany, it's called the Word. A body. So I wonder when that theophany stepped forth, was there one or were there millions? Glory to God. For we know if this earthly house, if this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Eternal, how could it be eternal? How could it be eternal? Because it comes from an eternal source. It only changes what it looks like, but it actually never started on any certain day. It emptied out from the eternal himself. Do you understand the body that the saints of God, my, my, how many have we seen our loved ones, husbands, wives, daughters, whatever more. We've seen them move beyond the curtain of time and we've seen we buried their body over here at the graveyard and different places around the Tri-Cities. But yet they did not die. They are just as much alive tonight. As a matter of fact, they are more alive tonight today than we are. Amen. Because we're living in a dying body. They're in the body of the word. That's right. So what happens to them? That body is there waiting. My theophany is waiting for me now. Your your theophany is waiting for you this morning. Praise be to God. What is it? It is the word. It is the word that you bypass to come here to be tested and tried. But when the testing of this life is over, you will go back into that word formed body that you should have come in the first place. But you bypassed it. Hallelujah. But you're going back. Second, he began to form himself towards flesh in the theophany. It's called the word, a body. This then is the state he was in when he met Abraham. 
So it was a theophany. But a theophany can't eat. Or drink. Remember me on the curtain of time? We don't eat here. We don't drink here. How was he able to eat? How was he able to drink? He went. And took 16 elements of the earth. And the theophany stepped into that earthly expression. Once in the earthly expression, you could take food in their mouth. Why well, say we have church here today? <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! You imagine then the theophany once it's there. What was that? It was the word. So this was the prefigure when Melchizedek comes. It was the prefigure of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. But when the theophany goes back out of the resemblance of the morphe, he comes back into the other character that he was. So the, the theophany, when God desires an expression of a human being, then God takes a theophany, the theophany steps into the human being, and what is the human being's body? It's only a mask. So the theophany takes on the mask of Melchizedek. This is why he could later become Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So I wonder, beyond the curtain of time this morning, if your theophany looks like the young you. Carol asked me last night, she said, when Abraham saw Melchizedek, did he look like Jesus in the future? Are you waiting for the answer, huh? Okay. I told her, I don't know. How's, how deep is that? Watch. Lord God. He becomes in this form. It's called the Theophany of the Word. Then this state was when he met Abraham. He was called Melchizedek. He was in form of Theophany. Now we'll get to that and prove it in a few minutes, the Lord willing. He was the Word. Now God in this stage of the stage of his creation later formed into flesh Jesus. So Melchizedek, amen. Jehovah later comes on the earth and he takes on another mask. So what was it? What was his name? The human name of redemption, Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. So now the theophany comes inside of not a body that was called out of the dust of the earth. That body called from the dust of the earth could not die for you. You understand when Melchizedek completed that visitation to Abraham? You understand what happened to his body? It fell right back down to the dust of the earth. It disintegrated. It did not lay there and rot and decay. Just as God drew it together by spoken word, in a matter of moments maybe, it just fell right apart, went right back to calcium, potash, petroleum, cosmic lights. But the theophany that was in it went right back into the presence of God. Amen. 
Amen. But when he comes in the Lord Jesus, what is it? It is now God's creation from the womb. He created the blood cell. He created the egg in the womb of Mary. Why was God going to do this? From this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it. The theophany is going to get in Jesus. Amen. But this body of Jesus will be an atonement for our sin. The body of Melchizedek, even though he was priest, could not pay the penalty. It must be a special creation. Help me, Jesus. Later formed in the flesh, Jesus. From what? From the great beginning spirit, then came down to be the word, bringing itself out. The word doesn't yet make itself. It's just spoke out in Morphe. Later he becomes flesh. Jesus. Mortal. To taste death for all of us sinners. Praise God. When Abraham met him, he was Melchizedek. He unfolds here what all the attributes will do in the final end. So we go from talking about Melchizedek meeting Abraham to talking about you. Yes, you're part of the Godhead. Praise God. Amen. Here on me. He unfolds. He unfolds here. What? 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 The the Melchizedek priesthood, not just the order, but the theophany that come and lived in a human body. And here he unfolds what all the attributes will do in the end. This is laying right in front of us. Therefore, if you have died and entered into the theophany, what happens? Glory be to God. Amen. The theophany, bring you bring that to the earth and pick up the redeemed body. If you are here, you take the body to meet the theophany. Who is this Melchizedek but God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He unfolds here what all the attributes are doing the final end. Every son of Abraham, every son of the faith will absolutely do the same thing. Now after this weekend, go back and listen to Melchizedek and you'll probably get a little bit more out of it. son of the faith will absolutely do the same thing. You hear that devil. I can do this. You can't. You ain't got a theophany. You never have been the word. You never will be the word. Hallelujah. Listen to this last line in this paragraph. But I want to watch how we have to come. Paragraph 68. Now the difference between him and you as a son. This may be shocking to you. In reality, there's not that much difference. (laughs) 
Go ahead. Take your hands and it kind of helps, you know, get it down. There's not near as much difference as what you think. The difference between you and him as a son, he was at the beginning the word. An amorphe body. He came and lived in that in the person of Melchizedek. Now this was the attribute of the fullness of God that was later going to be called the Lord Jesus Christ. It was him, Christos, that come, the theophany, the logos, that stepped inside these elements of the earth by the name of Melchizedek. That was pre-Jesus. I'm waiting for pre-Donnie Day. And you all, amen, I'm waiting for that. That's what I'm waiting for. Praise God, I can get hooked up with what I was before I is now. Notice he says, he came and lived in that in the person of Melchizedek. So what was this Melchizedek then? It was a creation of dust that God called out of the dust of the earth and stands up there like the original Adam. Remember the original Adam. Whenever God breathed, you know, before he breathed into him the breath of life. And the prophet said he made his hands like a bear and his feet like a monkey and all that. And he stands up in the garden of Eden and his toes are like roots down in the ground like the roots of a tree. And he's standing there lifeless and dead. He's just a cold dead form. Oh, hallelujah. God made him stand there. Then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became an eternal person. Well, praise be to God. So what did God do? God picked up 16 elements of the earth and God said, I need a body and I'm going to name that body Melchizedek. So God may have done it in the same way he did Adam and he made that body and there it stood with no life. It had eyes, it had ears, it had hands, it had fingers and all of a sudden the theophany, the son of God, the son of God, the theophany, the Logos stepped inside this body and Melchizedek, that's his eyes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He whispers in his ear and says, Your name is Melchizedek. Hope y'all don't think I'm nuts. He came and lived in that. The person of Melchizedek. Then later, we never hear no more of Melchizedek. Because he became Jesus Christ. (laughs) Melchizedek was the priest. But he became Jesus Christ. Now you bypass that. Because in that form he knowed all things and you've been able to know that yet. You come like Adam, like me. Get ready, children. You became from the attribute to the flesh. Oh, glory be to God. Don't you understand? Your existence is a mere mortal as a human being. That's not the end of you. You come from the attribute, from the eternal realms of God. 
as a thought. And that thought come down and lived in this flesh and still lives here today. You come from the eternal. Tell me how in the world then you can ever be lost. Tell me how you can ever get away from that economy. You'll never do it. You come like Adam, like me. You become from the attribute to the flesh. So we got a bypass for you and I. Now y'all know what a bypass is around the city, don't you? Instead of taking 75, if you wish, going up through Cincinnati, coming to Covington, uh, that southern part there of Kentucky, northern part, rather, southern part of Ohio. You can take 675 around. You can take 495 around the Beltway in Washington, D.C., or 695 around Baltimore. Those of you that drive, you're familiar with them. What is it? It's a bypass. Keeps you from going downtown and hopefully diverts some more of the traffic. So we bypass. Instead of God bringing us straight from the attribute, letting us live from the attribute form into the expression of our theophany. Lord have mercy. If I would have went straight from the mind of God into my theophany, then come to the earth, I wouldn't need preachers. But since you didn't come that way, guess what? You need a preacher. Jesus didn't need to be preached to. He knew all things. Well, glory be to God. He knew that he existed before. We've never yet been able to break into that realm. And I did say yet. I believe the closer we get to the end of the way, it might be the final capstone of the revelation that God pulls back the seal away from your eyes and you're able to look and say, Lord God, I see my past. I come from the attribute of God. I bypass the theophany. But here in a moment, amen, I'm fixing to connect again with my theophany, my germ, my seed, my body's fixing to be changed. I'm fixing to ride out of this world. So you bypass, bypass the theophany. So you come straight from the mind of God. Your mom and daddy decide they're going to start planning a family. Or maybe you showed up and they didn't plan it. God planned it. They just wasn't quite ready for you yet. But God said, no, I want him to be born here. I want this certain, certain sign, so on and so on. So at your natural birth... At your natural birth, something comes straight from the mind of God. And went inside this body. No deposit, no return. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Notice this. You bypass that because in that form he knows all things. You've never been able yet to know that. You come like Adam, like me. You became from the attribute. Children, I'll tell you one thing. That quote right there is enough to make me shout for an hour if I had strength. You're, you're, you're not getting it. Your existence never began as a mortal. You, the real you. Come into the natural you when you were born. You became from the attribute to the flesh to be tempted, but 
when this life is finished here, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. That's where we go. That is the word. Then we can look back and see what we've done. The things now that seem so mysterious about our lives and things that we don't understand and we just, we try to put it together and we just can't do it. Why? We're not the word form yet. Praise God. Now we don't understand it. We have never become the word. We've just become the flesh man, not the word. But look, clearly it makes it you'll never be the word unless you was a thought at the beginning. That proves the predestination of God. Oh, Brother Donnie, I might have known you'd bring in that word. Yep, you might have known. You might have known because our Father loves predestination. Our Father loves election and foreordination and call. And as one of his young ones, I love it too. You can't be the word unless you're a thought. And you had to be in the thinking first. But you see, in order to stand temptation, you had to bypass the theophany. The regular line is in this successive order. From the eternal coming out the word. It comes from there into form of theophany. From there, the theophany will be made flesh years and years later. The flesh will die, resurrect, be raised back up again. That's the regular line. You started at the top, you left the exit channel at the same time. You come out from the very beginning when time began. You come out and left the exit from the eternal. But then God, in order to express the greatness of his attributes, and a lot of these greatnesses of his own being can only be expressed on the bypass. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! It can't be expressed coming down the downtown expressway. It's it's got to be expressed on the bypass. Amen. Being a savior is expressed on the bypass. Mercy is expressed on the bypass. Hallelujah to God. So you come from the attribute, you come down the bypass, and you wind up in the flesh man before you're the word form body. They often. Well, glory be to God. You see, in order to stand temptation, you had to bypass a theophany. You had to come down here in flesh. You had to come down here in flesh, which means you ain't your flesh. You's a different person than that mask you're living in. Come on, some of you that think you're Cinderella, you better wake up and look at that mask you're on. You ain't a Cinderella. Maybe a Pinocchio or somebody like that. <laughs> Notice you had to come down your own flesh to be tempted by sin. Then if you stand, all that Father has given me will come to me, and I will raise him up at the last day. See, you had to be This wasn't first. Me was. Me. 
I am. Are you part of the I am? One of these days, if time goes on, y'all will bury this body. And you'll say a few words over and bury me away. And that, that flesh can't say I am. But my soul is a part of him. Then it can say I am part of the I am. My flesh can say, well, I was. I used to be, but not my soul or yours. Then you see, he come right down the regular line. From attribute before the foundation of the world, his name was put on the Lamb's book of life. So you imagine the name of the Lord Jesus was written on the Lamb's book of life. (laughs) Glory be to God. Well, this is the family Bible. You remember how folks used to do their family Bible and they'd take they'd several pages in there, you know, so-and-so married, so-and-so, and they had so-and-so on a certain, certain day, and they'd write certain events down in the Bible. Well, that's the way God did. He wrote all these events down in his Bible. The Word made manifest. Before the foundation of the world, his name was put on the Lamb's book of life. Then from that, he become the Word, the theophany. That could appear, disappear. Then he become flesh and return back again. Resurrected that same body in a glorified condition. But you bypass the theophany and become flesh man to be tempted by sin. Then if this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have one already waiting. We have not yet the body, but look. When this body receives the spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to God. Lord, Brother Donnie, oh, I, I want to be there so bad. Oh, God, I want to be there. Look, friends, if you've got the down payment, it's a good sign you're going. Your body being brought subject to the word of God. Your body being brought subject. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I wish I could quit drinking. I wish I could just lay aside this and that and the other. Get in Christ Jesus. Oh, sure. He'll help you. He will help you. He will empower you to do what you cannot do. But you bypass the theophany and become flesh man to be tempted by sin. If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved. Notice paragraph 71. But look when this body receives the spirit of God. The immortal life inside of you. It throws this body in subjection to God. Hallelujah. He that's born of God doth not commit sin. You ought to hear Brother Bram. You heard him saying whatever you listen to this. He gets so excited when he's quoting this. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now. Pounds of pulpit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. Maybe he that Walk not after the flesh. He just pound, 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 pound. Sometimes it needs to be pound, 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 pound. Sometimes you need to take a hammer and drive that nail in order for it to sink in your hard head. You don't have to say, oh, if I could just quit drinking. Just get in Christ. And it's all gone, see? Because your body is subject to the Spirit. It's no more subject to the things of the world. They're dead. They are dead. Your sins are buried in baptism and you're a new creation in Christ. And your body becomes subject to the Spirit to try to live the right kind of a life. Can I have a little more time? Paragraph 78. Then when a man is born again from heaven, he becomes a spirit babe in Christ. 
And then when this robe of flesh is dropped, there is a natural body, theophany. A body not made with hands, neither born of a woman that we go to. Then that body returns back and picks up the glorified body. Children, on the resurrection morning when the saints of God are released out of the sixth dimension. There'll be IFTs flying everywhere. Identified flying theophanies. You imagine as they are released from under the altar, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Thaddeus, all of millions of, of, of them that have died since the church ages are in the resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus. And whenever they are identified, come to the earth, it don't necessarily mean they've got to go over to the Happy Valley Cemetery, be able to get a shovel and dig out another body. All of the earth has the same chemistry in it. Oh, they're looking for graves to bust open. Get that out of your mind. Ain't no such a thing. No, sir, not in this rapture. We're in Melchizedek form. Lord God. God didn't go out and dig up a body, take a shovel and go over to a cemetery somewhere and dig out that body and say, well, let me make a Melchizedek body. All he done was spoke. You imagine those that have gone back to acids and gases and chemicals of the earth. He will speak and a body will come into existence and it'll look just like the theophany. And they'll shake hands with each other and merge right in. That's the reason Jesus went to hell when he died. Preached to the souls that was in prison. Turn back into the theophany. Oh, marvelous. Don't you understand? The theophany, for however long it was, the theophany could not die. When Jesus gives up the ghost. The attribute, the logos, goes into the theophany. It is the theophany that knocks on hell's door. For the resurrected saints, it will be the theophany knocking on the door of the resurrection. I want my body back. (laughs) Oh, praise God. I want my body back. Second Corinthians 5, 1, if this earthly house body be dissolved, this earthly tabernacle, we have another one. See, we have bypassed that to... To come straight. I didn't come this way like a serpent. Because I wasn't a serpent. I'm not a goat that was chained into a sheep. This part of me always was a sheep. So we have bypassed that to come straight from God, the attribute. To be flesh. To be tempted and tested by sin like Adam did. But when the testing of his word is over. Praise God. Then we are taken up to this body that was prepared for us. Before the foundation of the world. It is the word that we skipped to 
come right around down here to be tempted and tested. If we'd have come through that, there'd have been no temptation. We'd have known all things. That's the reason Jesus knowed all things. Because he was word. Before he was flesh. He was theophany. Before he was flesh. (laughs) Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Notice, he was word before he was flesh. Then we become the word. Here we are formed to the word image. To be a partaker of the word. Feed on the word by being predestinated since the beginning. You see that little spark of life that you had in you from the beginning when you started your journey. Many of you remember you joined this church, joined that church, you tried this and that, nothing satisfied. That's right. But one day you just recognized it. Paragraph 88. Then you, after you've recognized the word of God was eagle food. You left the other thing. You have then been formed into the living image of the living God. Hello? Hello? Hello, I'm your theophany. I want to let you know there's a message of the hour. You got to come and be identified with that message in order to be identified with me. Goodbye. You heard from your theophany. praise be to God it drove back the spooks of following a man it drove back the spooks oh that's a cult you get all messed up no you heard from your theophany it was not Verizon it was not AT&T it was God the Father Jesus Christ the Son the Holy Ghost all three in one that's who you heard from and you heard from yourself Let's stand. this Melchizedek who is this mysterious person may I go on to say and who are you who is this mysterious person called Donnie Reagan Carol Reagan Terry Horn you place your name there Who is this mysterious person, Aaron Gilras, that you've wondered about all your life? Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I different? Why? What is this about me? You see, this is part of seeing the mystery of who you are. Seeing the mystery of who he is. So the difference between him and you as a son or a daughter was the port of exit 
was the same identical. You came out of with him, the Logos. He branches off and comes down the regular line. He has a theophany, a word form body. You come on the bypass side, but you still dropped out of the same port of exit. The attribute. Friends, I don't care how low you get. I don't care what you do. I don't care what kind of sin you get into. There's nothing in time you can ever do to change, erase, modify, or eradicate your point of origin. Hallelujah. And just hold in mind, the rapture is simply taking us back. <laughs> in the word body form, can you imagine how different we'll feel the next time we make the port of entry? For when we left, we left as a thought. We were not conscious. We couldn't speak. We couldn't say anything. We left as a thought. But the next time when we go back, we'll be gathering around his throne. We'll be worshiping, praising, crowning him king of kings, lord of lords. Our port of entry will be totally different this time. Praise God. Praise God. Don't you love him, children? Oh, my. He loves you so much. Don't you understand why he sends preaching? Because he loves you. Brother Bram said, if I was God, if you didn't take my word for something, he said, I'd just let you go on to hell. He said, God loves people so much. He gave them his written word. Then he sent preachers. Then he sent gifts. You know, God could have just used one fold if he wanted to. He could have sent the prophet, and then that, that would have been it. You got it in tape format, and that's pretty much it. But God said, no. No, I want to send pastors. I want to send evangelists. I want to send teachers. I want to send missionaries. I want my people to get this word so much. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You love him with all your heart. So this theophany which stepped into the body called Melchizedek, then he disappears we don't even hear the name Melchizedek anymore from Genesis 14 down to hundreds of years later. And it reappears again in Psalms 110. Then we hear it a few more times and it disappears again. It's like it fades into the history until we see it in Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, and Hebrews 7. Brother Brandon starts mentioning it. He mentions it in the 50s and then you know, he drops it the same way. He follows the same pattern. He mentions it in the 50s, and then he mentions it once in 62, and then it drops off the radar as it was. And then he comes to the end of the sermons there, the services, series of services in Jeffersonville. And he says, now for another revelation on the message. Who is this Melchizedek? Praise God. Now for another revelation. May God make it real to us. And we'd like to be remembered in prayer today that God will open your eyes, your heart, your understanding. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, thank you so much for your word today.
I hope I delivered it in a, in a sensible way, Lord, where they could be able to understand it. Lord Jesus, oh my God, how much we love you. My Savior, my King. Thank you, Father. What a beautiful, beautiful plan. What a wonderful program you designed from the foundation of the world. To us, it's not cruel, Lord. To us, it's not mean at all. People look at predestination and they think it's so mean and so cruel. We look at it and think, what mercy. Then, Lord, we look at your grace and your mercy that you went beyond the Lamb's book of life and offered your mercy to even those that are not your thoughts. Praise God. And you said, if you want to come, you can. Whosoever will, let them come and take of the water of life freely. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. And there will be millions that will come on that simple invitation. They don't meet the types of Isaac and Rebekah. They don't meet the types of Abram and Melchizedek. They don't meet the types of many of the Old Testament sacrifices. But they hear this call and they respond and say, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell. I may not live in that city, but I will live. And I will live forever. Lord Jesus, if there's one year today that's not ready, that's not prepared, help each of us, Father. And if there's some, Lord, that's here or even hearing this sermon, and they're not elect, maybe they're not bride. Well, they can still be saved if they want to be saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, the Scripture says, shall be saved. So if they want to be saved, they can be saved. They can't be bride, but they can be saved. Lord God, bring in our loved ones. Those that are backslid, those that are away from you, Lord. The time of the family reunion is close at hand. The Melchizedek reunion will be set again. And there will be Abraham at the table and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Levi and Paul and Peter and us. And Melchizedek will walk out once again to serve his children. Communion. Praise God. Lord, don't let one of us miss it, Father. Help us to be there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today, mighty God. We bless your holy name. You are worthy, Lord God. Can we just worship him a little bit now, saints? Oh, don't you appreciate him? Don't you appreciate him opening your heart, opening your eyes? Open your heart to these great truths. Thank you, Father. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my understanding, Lord Jesus. Help me to see it. I, I believe I see it. But Lord, I want to see it in a greater way. I want to see it more full, with more full understanding, Lord God. Praise God. The thing I can say is, Harry sent me a quote this week where Brother Branham said, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. 
that seed of God recognized the Father's voice. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Praise God. Let's sing a little bit, hey. Let's sing together before we go. Can we, can we take just a few minutes before we go? I know you're probably hungry and you got your lunch on your mind, but I'm more concerned about a supper right now, actually. Yeah. Let's, let's delay lunch and talk about the supper we're fixing to have. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Think of it, friends. What we've spoke about last night and today is going to be your honeymoon with your king, Melchizedek. Your king, priest, Melchizedek. Praise be to God. I just wish we could leave now. Oh, you got plans. I got plans. Forget the plans. I'm supposed to go to Russia in July. I'm supposed to go here and there and there and all. I'd rather go to heaven any day of the week than go to Russia. Wouldn't you? Don't let it just be a song. Let it be a prayer. Open the eyes of my heart. Oh, yes, Jesus. I want to see you. Oh, dear God. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord.
God. Thank you, Father. I want to remember the McGrady family today. I have Brother Lindsay's dad's funeral. I want to remember them as we, as you go through the day today. God will just be with them and help them. It's passing. Just worship His him. Name. His name again. 